1: Welcome back for another essential dose of the Michael Deacon program. I know you can't stay away for too long. First time listeners out there. Thanks for stopping in. The pleasure is all mine. We do hope you stick around and subscribe. Tonight, we've got a very special guest in the house, Mr. Marshall Masters. Marshall is a former CNN Science Features News producer, freelance writer, television analyst, and the publisher of YaoUSA.com. Since 1999, he has been researching earth changes and newbiru flyby-related topics, including sustainable survival communities, catastrophic crop circles, impact events, and future technologies. He's back. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for allowing us into your hearts and into your minds. Here we are again on a night like this. Like a happy, dysfunctional family, we have returned Oh yes, and of course, before we get down to business, I wanted to remind all of you out there that I interviewed Jim Fetzer on the Patreon series. That's right, the freight train for only $5, maybe even $3. You can find that over at patreon.com forward slash Michael Deacon. Yes, $5, $4, $3, maybe even 2 Whatever the amount, it does help. Join now patreon.com forward slash Michael Deacon. Much respect to those out there who have already signed up. Now, let's get down to business and bring in Mr. Marshall Masters. How are you, Marshall?
0: I am great, Michael. How are you? Good I, to be back.
1: I can't complain. I'm doing fantastic on this lovely Saturday night.
0: All right. All right. Well, it's sure good to be with you and your Wonderful audience. I hope all of them are doing well and uh, in all these difficult times as God has blessed them. No doubt. It's an in honor. In any way we get. Throws a bone, big G. We'll take it.
1: <laughs> That's right. We will. But uh, as always, it's an honor and pleasure to have you here on the program, Marshall. It's always fun to catch up with you. And my God, there's so much to discuss this evening. And oh, yeah, it's one of those nights one of those nights, Marshall, and of course, we already have talked about your background uh, plenty of times here on the program, and of course, you have kept your interest and in Planet X for decades now.
0: Yes. I mean, this is really about 20 years. That's right. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's a it's a long time to, to be doing the topic, and it's a difficult topic. You know, uh, it's... It's a statistical fact that dentists commit suicide more than anybody else. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> I relate to dentists after 20 years of Planet X. Oh my! Well, don't do it, Marshall. Don't jump oh, no, off the ledge. No, no. But I, I, sure can appreciate the. You know, it's, uh, it's a difficult topic to handle. But on the other hand. I get such wonderful emails from people, such supportive stuff. You know, you've been supportive, but the other hosts have been supportive. Uh, and yeah, there's the, you know, the grumps. Oh, yeah. And uh, hey, you can't please everybody. You really can't. But, can. but you got to be thankful. Just the
1: you have to be thankful for those people as well, though, Marshall, those that criticize your work. They're still there, and they're still reading your work.
0: Yeah, they do that. And interestingly enough, it may sound strange, but they help me because it's just, you know, good old-fashioned schoolyard politics. Uh, when the bullies, you know, going around and bad-talking you, everybody wants to see who's going to get a butt-whooping. That's you right. You know? Yeah. And uh, that's where they come, and they took a look at people coming at my site to go see who's going to get a butt whooping, and they go, well, hold on a second. This guy's actually trying to do something to help people. Hold on a second here. And, uh, you know, the, the worst vicious attacks I've had have always helped to grow my audience, not reduce it. Right. So I have no problem. You know, you want to be nasty, be nasty. You're helping me. Thank you. That's right. They're interested
1: in your work regardless so the haters, the lovers, yeah. you know, they, they're all coming from the same place anyways.
0: Yeah. Yeah. they There's all took, there. You're right. From actually, Yeah, from the same place. Passion. Ooh, Rob. Yeah. yeah. You got to be
1: thankful. You can't really be angry too much with these folks. But yes, Marshall, you've been around the block for a long time, and you have received criticism for the longest time. But of course, anyone who talks about these sort of subjects will be heavily criticized no matter what they do.
0: That's right. You know, I mean, but the worst part of it, I can deal with that. That's yeah, you're fine. a big boy. Been through that for years. You're a big man. It's you can handle it. It's the suppression. It's like I have two channels. For years, my my model was to do videos on YouTube that right. help promote my work and my books. And then next thing I know, uh, this was actually. Yeah, you know, it's funny when we think of suppression, we think of the last few years while Trump was in office, and that it didn't really exist before that. It's always been there. Uh, for me, it was it was awful after September of 2017, and uh, that was the Blood Moon Triad, and it was a there was for a month. More people researched Planet X and Nibiru than in the history of the internet. And up to that point. And so that was startling enough. And what year were all Christians? What year was this Marshall? Were, Sorry. Twenty seventeen. Twenty
1: seventeen.
0: Okay. Blood Moon, remember Hagee, Pastor Hagee and the Blood Moon Triad Theory? Yeah.
1: i hmm I'm familiar. Yeah.
0: And that was the predicted events. It happened. You know, celestially it happened. A lot of people were expecting something cosmic and powerful. Uh, uh, We never saw that coming in our reporting, but I still felt that it was really important to follow it. I I actually didn't have any issue with Hagee and Blood Moon Triad because one thing I know from studying the ancients, was that celestial alignments was the key to their prophecy strategy. Good prophecy always starts with a harbinger that lets you know you're on the timeline of a catastrophic event. So get to it, Bunky, (laughs) and you know, prepare. Right, and by the Um, way, Marshall, the reason why I
1: asked you is because I wasn't expecting to hear that many people were searching about uh, Planet X that year. You said it was very popular at the time, even more popular than uh, pre-2012. Is that what you are telling me here, Marshall?
0: It was in one month more people, and they were all Christians, were searching on the terms Planet X and Nibiru in that one month than in the history of the Internet all the way up to that month. Amazing. Okay. That was – and – it was just Christianity bought Planet X and paid retail for it and because after that, it put Christianity in the crosshairs with the Planet X topic, which that had never been the case before. Prior to that, Planet X was just like uh, an altern- alternative science fringe group kind of a thing. But this took it mainstream. Oh, I this see. This took it mainstream. And uh, that was, after that, the suppression on me was horrible. And I have channels on YouTube with over 18 million views to date, 18 million. And I am terrified to put up another video. I mean, if I put up a video on YouTube today on my Books channel, I titled it, How to Grow More Better Roses with Horse Manure. YouTube would de-platform me for manure abuse. Really? That and bad? I'm not making a joke. This is how crazy it is. You know, there's you a new piss- sheriff in town and he's a mean drunk.
1: You piss somebody off. It
0: pisses somebody off. But, you know, Trump says he's going to start his own social media. And if that is going to catch on like wildfire. Isn't that interesting, and- by the way?
1: I'm glad you mentioned that. Yeah, Trump starting his own social media platform. But that makes me wonder what happens to Mike Lindell then. You know, he has his own social media platform and he wants to go heads up against YouTube and Twitter. But now you throw uh, Trump into the mix. That's uh, very, very fascinating now.
0: I think Trump is going to take a big tent approach. And what he's really got to do is it's not about the software. The software is there, it's well established and developed. This is literally about how fast can you build server farms. I'm not talking about, you know, a couple of rooms with a dozen, you know, towers sitting sure, there. Sure, yeah. I mean, you know, the pictures like you see of Google and Amazon where they just have buildings with rows and rows and rows and rows of Blade computers, all right? And by the way, they're all running Linux not microsoft and so he's and it's so i mean everything's there i think you know trump when he, if he does it he has the name recognition he has the call he'll get the support to he's do got the this. money right all right and then as and it's going to grow and here's the interesting thing i think trump is going to grow it's going to become more popular and what's going to happen is Trump is going to pick up a lot of new data centers around the country from Google <laughs> for really low prices because he's going to gut half their audience. Think about it. If a company like Google with or Facebook, YouTube, I mean, these guys start losing huge chunks of market share, 25 30%, 40%, 50%, now all of a sudden, you've got data centers designed to handle twice as much customer traffic as you have. So now your these excess resources that you have is going to be a white elephant and it's going to be very difficult. I could, now this is going to really hammer them and hurt them hard. Um, And he's going to be able to pick up a lot of their resources at fire sale. So, you know, Going out and thinking, okay, we have the power of gods, and we're going to shut this guy. You know, Sun Tzu said, there are some governments and some armies you don't fight. He should have said, there's some governments, some armies, and some rich guys you don't fight either.
1: I thought you were going to use another word. Pardon? I thought you were going to use another word there.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'll surprise you. (laughs) I can read in between uh, the lines. I got you. And— yeah, the I'm getting sensitized to the word talk, you know. Yeah, I hear you. I mean, you know, what happened to the good old days when we could put our foot in our mouths and it wouldn't end our lives and our careers? Oh, well,
1: those days are long uh, gone, Marshall, yeah. I'm afraid. Uh, yeah. I'm afraid the times yeah, have changed. Are. Yeah, I mean, now you can have your whole life ruined by something you said 20, 30 years ago.
0: Yeah, but, you know... Even
1: if you're dead, Marshall, uh, now you get in trouble. Now they want to cancel cancel anything that you've been involved with, even if you are
0: uh, dead and gone. That's right. And for all you brain-dead morons out there that think socialism is wonderful, guess what? You've got your socialism now. How do you like it? Any of you Democrats out there happen to be diabetics? Weren't you happy when all of a sudden... Biden comes in and now you're back to paying blackmail for your medicine, you know? I mean, for all you Democrats out there that were working on the pipelines, hey, welcome to the exciting world of fast food and unemployment checks. All That's right. That's right. He you know, they're they're doing stuff. It's just it's just it's going to get a lot worse, but then eventually I think it's going to get better. However, We have a much bigger thing to worry about. And which really brings me actually to something I want to make about COVID. Yes, go on. In a state. And we talk about COVID on many, many different levels. And there's all kinds of motives for this and motives for that and motives for that. COVID was engineered by the globalists and it's like an onion. Every time you peel a layer, you're gonna cry again. But what's the big bada-bing? What was the overarching reason for COVID? Is that we as a species are at a point of evolutionary breakout, okay? And we will, in the coming years, we're going to have an evolutionary event. And our species, our, our vibratory rate is going to increase. Right now, we're 50 to 80 hertz and uh, to compare that, we like to give roses as a show of sympathy and love because roses generate 320. And consequently, even when a rose is dying, it is still giving off more life force energy than we do, ounce for ounce, all right? And so we that's the reason why we give them because If it wasn't something special like that with roses, what's romantic about a flower that has all these sticky barbs on its stalk, you know? I mean, you grab them the wrong way, and it's like, hello, that hurts. All right. And again, it's that energy level. It's that resonance. And so if we can evolve beyond the parasites and the predators, um, there's – I call it just simply resonance. There's also common terms that are used a lot on the internet are third dimension which is grounded in the physical reality, fourth dimension which is essentially controlled by dark entities of many different types and forms and they are predators and parasites, all right? They feed off of us. They they, you know, You need life force energy to exist even if you're evil. And life force energy only comes from God. And if you're walking towards God, you're receiving that energy. And you're walking away from God, you're not. So you got to find somebody who's walking towards God and steal it from them. They don't care about your politics, your religion, whether or not God chose you or this, that, and the other thing. All they're interested in as predators and parasites is how to keep you in a state of fear and to keep you divided and hopeless.
1: So, in other words, these are like psychic vampires, in other words.
0: They are psychic. Yes, psychic vampires. Absolutely. With long mother big fangs. How scary. And they're feeding on. Yeah. I mean, they're feeding on us. And so we get all upset and we do something crazy. Uh, We make a bunch of people upset. You know, that's when they really like it. If they get one person, they can do something too. You know, hurting a child, they immediately, women and children are favored, okay, because they are more susceptible to this. Men will fight it more. But They give in to it. However, the easy targets are the women and the children, so they go for the easy targets principally. And um, if you are isolated, alone, hopeless, you're in a state of fear. There's only two absolute emotions, fear and love. And every emotion in between the two is a pastel shade of one of the other. And right in the middle, you're going to have, that, if you will, that kind of, little gray, light gray chip that's, you know, the halfway point. And
1: like the uh, beta male point, have, right? Pardon? Like the beta male part, it's somewhere in there.
0: Yeah, and it's somewhere in there. And so when you're to the love side of it, you're receiving. And uh, when, however, if they get you into a state of fear, particularly horror and extreme pain, you know, that's the one of the things we're going to find with the globalists is when they're harvesting adrenochrome, and they, how they torture these poor innocent children and women. Um, you know, who are these they start individuals? They on them while they're alive. By the way, Marshall, who you know, are these individuals? They're, they're
1: huh? Who are these individuals you speak of? By the way, those that don't know,
0: Epstein et al. Oh my! So. This whole thing with the Epstein thing, if it with the Giselle, Giselle Maxwell, right? I mean, to put it in, Giselle Maxwell just got a judge to say, okay, we're not going to this information public because if people see it, she's never going to get a fair trial. It's that horrifying and that shocking. Okay. So, this is uh, what we're going to learn about them and what they've been doing. They're satanic. It is pure satanic ritualism, and this has to be challenged, this has to be fought. It's right now, uh, I'm, I am I have to say, you know, that I'm really watching our government fail us, every institution, and even at the state levels. Yeah, they keep doing uh, that. It was no hard.
1: Doubt. Yeah, it's been disappointing, and of course— I'm seeing the headlines right now, Marshall, and just a few days ago, maybe three days ago, I see that a judge denied a bail request from uh, Ghislaine Maxwell. I'm not even sure if that's how you pronounce yep. her name. Ghislaine, I think, is how you pronounce her name.
0: Uh, something like that. Regardless, uh, a, they had it. Yeah. But, yeah, he denied it, so she was a flight risk. And But there's a tremendous amount of suppression, intimidation, these are real ugly people. Very and disgusting. It's interesting, uh, you know. Trump just did a forty-five minute interview a few days, a day or so ago. I think I listened to it, um, and he's, you know, now he's on where he can start nibbling at their heels, you know, mixing them with their nonsense. And um, but it's still, it still leaves, you know, the the question that's in my heart. And the same everybody else. If this election is not fixed, there's never going to be another free and fair election in America. You know, they're already passing the legislation to you know to make sure that never happens. It, it'll just be appointments. There'll be the you know the Democrat Party committee will just simply appoint presidents and senators and whoever. Yes. And Marshall,
1: before we gl- before we gloss over Miss Maxwell. You know, Trump was actually good friends with Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell at one time.
0: Yeah, he cut the cord, and that keeps getting thrown in his face. But you know, he he put him on the no fly list at uh, Mar-a-Lago. So, and I don't, you know, it's like I don't know. Did I never heard Trump say that they were good friends? Well, I, I haven't either.
1: No, I
0: can't say that. I never heard that, you know, and it's like, that's the problem. You know, Michael, I have gotten to the point where I don't trust anybody. I'm with even you. Even the ones on our side. <laughs> I'm with you. I don't trust anybody. I just, I trust what I can see with my own eyes. I'm with you on that's
1: that. That's it.
0: Yeah. The rest of it, talk is cheap. I'm tired of the talk. It's all happy bullshit.
1: Pretty much. The way I see it, all these Excuse people sort of... Well, you could use that word. It's okay. But all these people, the way I I feel about it is they've all done business with each other at one point in time. So, you know, they're all sort of involved with each other in one way or another, even if they do cut ties with each other. You know, just the fact that they did business at one time, but that's what you sort of come to expect with everyone involved in politics or any sort of figure with notoriety um, even someone like Lawrence Krauss was good friends with, well, I shouldn't say good friends, but he was close enough to Jeffrey Epstein at one time. And, you know, he's been on this program as well. And, and people think that I'm good friends with uh, Lawrence Krauss because me and him are friendly. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that already draws speculation to some people out there.
0: Well, people do that. People if, are nuts. Yeah. Know, so I get it's, that. Uh, yeah. still the same. For me, you know, it's you break the chain. All right. Right. And Trump may have known him, hung out with him a little bit. We don't know. And then got yeah. to find out really who he is and really what he does. That's possible, yeah. You know, maybe it was the fact that he knew this guy mm-hmm. and bounced him out of Mar Lago, maybe that's where MAGA actually started. He probably saw what they were doing, how it was running. You know, it wouldn't surprise me to learn that that was uh, that would have been a factor in Trump deciding to run for office. And uh, the thing that troubles me about the current situation yes, following sir. it is I'm really feeling like the military has let you down. Disappointed you. The military you. dropped us. They, they, mm. They've let us down.
1: I see. A lot of people do feel yeah. that way. You know, I can't say they don't.
0: A lot of people do the, you know, I was in the, I was a veteran. I'm saying that as a veteran, okay? And when I I was, and I listed, I was a 17-year-old kid. I didn't know what the heck I was saying. I'm going to give my life for the Constitution. And it was like, okay, the guy was just saying, repeat after me. You don't think about it that much until afterwards, when they start teaching you how to kill people, (laughs) and then all of a sudden you start thinking about that. Um, But... I'm looking at this and I think, you know, our troops, they're solid. The problem to me is the Pentagon and there's you have all these Obama appointees and all of them are there to slow drag, you know, kick things down. So it looks to me like the Patriots went in there. uh, They had a plan and as they say in the military, no plan ever survives first contact with the enemy. And they went in there and found that there were a few surprises they didn't expect. Um, there's a lot of waffling in the upper ranks. There's generals, you know, the guys with the you know the stars and the egg salad on their hats. These guys in the Pentagon. They're thinking about themselves. They don't, you know, it's not about the oath. It, it's like, go along, to get along. They've been infiltrated. They're no different than anyone else. And I think, you know, the sad part of it is, is that we have leaders in the Pentagon that are have accepted the fact that they're going to be dancing to Beijing's tune. Beijing's tune. That's it. They're going to take their orders from Beijing now. And uh, you see... Trump and uh, folks are trying to come back, go through the political process and the political pro- process to retake, but political process, free and fair elections. And I don't see us ever having free and fair elections right now. Not unless uh, this was something, this was a statement made uh, last week by Sidney Powell, you know, Uh, someone asked her, you know, is that it? Did we get our butts whipped and it's all over and, you know, they won? And she said, no, (laughs) she's going to keep fighting. Yes. I mean, that gal, that gal is something else. You know, wouldn't you love to see a Trump Powell ticket? Uh,
1: Heads would explode if that would happen.
0: Heads would explode. Yeah.
1: They wouldn't know what to do if that took place. Yeah.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Wouldn't that be fun? Wouldn't that be fun? It'd be interesting. But it's yeah. it's a tough one. And it's um uh, it's right now we're in territory I you know, I almost am to a point where to be honest, I feel like it's gonna take a divine intercession.
1: Oh my, Marshall. You're going deep down that down yeah. that road.
0: I'm going deep down, <laughs> you know, and I mean it's like I'm a science guy, right? Um. What's the science guy saying? this takes. Uh, it's going to need a divine intervention. A divine. Yeah. Some kind of intervention. Yes. Yeah. You know, because we're we're. I you know I see Trump and the Patriots fighting the good fight, but the globalists have their hands on all the levers, and might makes right in the final analysis. So we're at a point where, you know, and, and I. This is a pattern, by the way that we learn through our own research plays out time and again, time and again, time and again, all across the multiverse, all right? The cosmos, the whole everything of everything. There are sentient races everywhere. And every sentient race, you know, it's like salmon, you know, swimming upstream to spawn. And if you don't make it, you just, Float, you know, a dead carcass floating downstream. And we're at that point where we're going to either take the high path of evolution, and if we do that, our resonance to what's called the fifth level or the fifth dimension. You were breaking up and a little bit there, by the way, Marshall. At that point, oh, okay, I'll repeat. You know, what, what happens is that with evolution is our vibratory rate is going to increase we're not all going to look like star trek actors with four pounds of latex on our heads all right Thank god that's not going to happen we're just going to resonate because we're going to tap into our actual real power what we do this is we humans are incredibly powerful we're social creatures we are animals and we like to hang together. And when we get together and we talk and we organize around a, con- you know, a common thread, we are unstoppable as a people. And the fact is that there are 7.8 billion people in the world. I would venture to say 7 billion of them are good people that want to live good lives. And the rest of them are the scumbags of the cosmos. And they're the predators, and they're the parasites, and they live off of other people. And we really have the power to defeat them. All we have to do is just sit on them. We don't have to have a fantastic idea. We just all get together and say, no, we're not going to do this. And we're, and then we just sit on them. All right? It happens when, you know, neighbors get together, friends get together, you and I go out and finally have that pizza and beer we've been threatening about all these right. years. I mean, it's we get together, we talk, we express ideas, we sense each other's emotions. Now, that's the whole purpose of COVID. And that was the big misdirection. COVID and even Q was wrong. COVID's not about an election. COVID was about the suppression of human ability to overcome, to organize, to get together. We have to wear masks so that we're unable to gauge each other's body language. And that's important because all of us intuitively, instinctively, trust how a thing is said more than what is said. And so if you and I are having a conversation, you're paralinguistics, you're Uh, kinesiology, your body language, all of these things is important because I'm looking at you, you're looking at me, and when you say something I can see a frown, I can see a smile, I can see... but Behind a mask, you can't see anything. And then we have to be six feet apart from each other, and I find that's really interesting because in satanic rituals you have to be six feet apart from everybody. Really? and. Yeah, in these satanic rituals. Who knew it? Who'd have thunk it? Well,
1: I've never been in Uh, one, so I don't know. Yeah.
0: Yeah, but the point of six feet away is once you're six feet away, you're separated. We can't talk. I can't see your body language through the mask. And on top of that, the separation has immediately put you into a state of fear. So you're not going to be rational anyway. All right. And all of this was to defeat our inherent ability to collectively overcome evil. And that's all COVID's all about. Interesting. It is just to keep the human race from doing what it's very much capable of doing. All right? And we're all, you know, caught up in all of the politics and all of this and all of that. Um it's you know, it's sad. I am particularly worried for the people that are taking uh, the vaccines. I'm not taking the vaccine. I don't need it because I had COVID and got over it. And even if I hadn't, hydroxychloroquine works, you know. Oh, oh my God, we said that word. Um, and there's other things. There are therapeutics. You have um, – it, it is something you can treat, You don't have to die, all right? And you have no more chance of dying of that with the therapeutics that we have than any other cold or flu. So the whole thing is a statistical trump. So, you know, they just pumped it up statistically so that they could keep everybody in a state of fear. But think about it. We don't travel. We don't get together with families and friends. We're living in isolation. I would venture to say more people have died. Oh, did we lose you?
1: And we have now lost Mister Marshall Masters.
0: Thing was called death by COVID. I mean, by the way, Marshall, you, could,
1: you you dropped out there for a second.
0: Yeah, I heard that. I heard that. We beeped out, didn't we? We sure did. The uh, okay, but yes. Yeah, so. so that's the whole that's the whole point of it, folks. Is that they don't want. Us to evolve. If we organize, we can talk to each other. All right, we can do amazing things. They just don't want us to be able to organize. That's all. And that's big. There's a hundred other things with COVID you could talk about. And uh, and what is really sad because I'm I speak to doctors and every doctor i've t- i've asked one question i said does hydroxychloroquine work and they go yes and then they shut up they don't talk and here's why cuz then i asked them are you going to take the vaccine and every one of them i don't care what their politics were they said only if i need to be able to do it in order to continue practicing medicine
1: right yeah that's a it's decision a, a lot licensed. of yeah, that's a decision a lot of people are going to have to make. And I'm glad you mentioned that, Marshall, because one of the things I was going to ask you in regards to COVID is the vaccine. And the nation's very first vaccine passport is coming to the Big Apple, evidently.
0: And they want What they want to do is The Excelsior COVID, Pass, the vaccine, sorry. The vaccine is, uh, here's the interesting thing. I'll, I'll tell you something about the vaccine because one of the doctors I spoke to, is actually treating COVID patients right now, all right, and her patients all live. I asked her, I said, are you going to take the vaccine? And she said, no. And I said, would you take it to save your license to practice medicine? And she said, no, I'll quit practicing medicine before I would take that vaccine. Ah, well, that's interesting. Why? And what she told me and I confirmed is this is not a whole new thing. Everybody's kind of thinking, oh, this is some exotic new vaccine. This vaccine has been in the laboratory for 20 years, and COVID's been around for decades, but these RNA vaccines have been, they're trying to make them work. And she said the reason why they couldn't get them out of the laboratory was that the test animals always kept dying. And well, we now we're seeing news reports. People get vaccinated and they drop dead within 24 hours. All right. So, what was happening to the lab animals and they couldn't get it there now they could bring it in. And here's the problem with it is that it's this is not like a typical vaccine, you know, typical vaccine. I, I remember when I was a kid, polio was the first vaccine that came out, and it was so much excitement, so much uh, good feelings about it, because um, I re- you know, I went to school with kids who had had polio, and it's, you know, that's it, you know, they're in braces for the rest of their lives. It's not pretty, and if they're lucky, actually. Yeah. And uh, so it was a terrible disease. And uh, it stopped it. And there was a lot of positive support for it. But, you know, vaccines, traditional vaccines, it's just kind of like a, you know, a, a, a detoxified version of the virus. All right. So it's the virus, but it's not strong enough to cause the problem, but it's strong enough that your body can then recognize it and develop the antibodies for it. So you're going to be immune. And that's and then once it's done, then it's that's it. It's over, okay? With this COVID vaccine, it don't stop. What this doctor told me is with this RNA is it's programming the body immune system to go after COVID. Well, once it's done that, it just doesn't say, okay, mission accomplished. You know, that's it. Let it go. No, the RNA and the immune system keep going in a new direction, and what happens then is your immune system is going to start attacking you, all your major organs, starting with your lungs. And what she said is that you're going to have people who, if they have this reaction, uh, there once it starts, it's it's there's there's nothing to be done for it. They're going to come out initially and say, oh, they have to have more vaccine. They have to have more injections or whatever. But she said, once that happens, you're just going to die and you're going to die very, very badly. And she said, this is something that once you have done the vaccination, whether it's a single dose or a double dose, but after you have been dosed, uh, the vaccine is going to be working on. The COVID for approximately, I think she said, 42 days. And then from that period to six months, you're in a window where it could start attacking your other organs in your body, and then that's it. It's catastrophic. You die. You're just going to die. And it's worrisome. We could very well see in a few months that a lot of people are going to be dying they're going to cover it up. I mean, you know, look at with vaccines already. Uh, I know too many parents that have autistic children, and all of them had the same story. They all felt horribly guilty because they were holding their infants down while they were getting pumped full of heavy metals with all these vaccines. They were just getting the pin cushion treatment and then the next day the kid's brain is burned out after you you know you <coughs> you, you put enough lead into his head to solder together uh, a post office or something but uh, this is the shame of it that you know they are so easily trivialized by the mainstream media uh, these people have I mean look how long people have been trying to warn about vaccines and they just get played down. They get silenced. They get suppressed. Yeah. For a long time. And it's going to be the same thing. So what we're going to start seeing is, you know, they're going to start. They'll do what they they'll point in every other direction except themselves. That's what they do. Uh, but probably, you know, by late summer people are just going to know that a lot of folks are dying and you know it's going back to the vaccine of course see it's so easy for them to say they died of something else just as easy with covid it was oh he was decapitated in a motorcycle accident sure he died of covid (laughs) all right? right i mean that's what they did statistically jacking up the numbers so even the people that are going to be dying from this, and they're going to die terrible deaths, and it's going to be agonizing for them and their families. They're going to die being completely betrayed and believing in the people who did it to them. That is going to be the sad part, and uh, see it coming. So I don't know where, where there's an awareness kickoff, what it's going to take for people to start realizing what the value of their freedom is. And uh, there's nothing terribly clever about, you know, racing out and becoming a hardcore communist. It may sound sexy uh, about socialism. I've seen what socialism does. There's nothing sexy about it. Um, And then for me, This really gets down to why did I take an interest in politics? You know, because you look at my site for over 18 years, 17 years, actually. I, I didn't do any political reporting. I did some initially, and then I quit doing it, all right? And I just preferred doing the science. But I did this because this is going to determine the amount of death and dying, With Trump, I knew we'd have a chance to fight for our lives. He's a decent guy. And so push comes to shove. He's going to tell us when he can so that people can prepare. We can organize as nations and communities, as churches, as towns. People could actually start doing it. But, see, if we started doing that, that would completely disrupt the whole parasite mechanism of the globalists. Because we're not, they're, uh, you know, automatons doing what they want us to do. We're out there trying to save our lives, and that's just not going to be bad. That's going to be bad for their business, and they're not going to tolerate that. And so with Biden it, and Trump, it's just numbers. With Trump, I see maybe a third of the population doesn't make it. But with Biden, absolute guarantee. of everyone alive today is dead. Understood. And with with that said, yeah, but with all of that said, um, everyone hearing my voice right now, right? Right.
1: I hear that. And, but with given and given that with all that you said right now, uh, you know, Trump did urge all Americans to get the COVID vaccine and he said it was safe and it works. That's right.
0: That's right. And, you know, that, you know, that has me curious about it, but on the other hand, um, he could be saying, yeah, he's working on all the assurances. Everybody has told him all of that. Uh, Unless they lied to him, though. They lied to him. It's possible. All right. And um, this was, whatever this is going to be, it's just going to be bad news. I don't think... Trump coming out and, uh, you know, getting a vaccine out there. He first tried doing, you know, to say hydroxychloroquine works. He caught and he had this other therapy and he says, everybody gets it for free. I mean, he we had proven therapeutics. The president and the first lady were both, both got COVID and both received therapeutics and had full recoveries. And they're not young kids, all right? So we were shown that it works, but uh, when people are so busy feeling the power of being able to destroy the lives of those that don't kneel at your feet, and that's what it is. That's mob rule. The mob firmly believes, aha, you know, we're right, everybody else is wrong, we're going to make you pay. Um, It's... It's just this insanity. So a lot of these people who have been led into fear and they're taking the vaccines, you know, for people that are in awareness, they're going and they're seeing the videos that are and they're coming off of YouTube. They're getting deplatformed fast, as fast as they go up. But you can at least get out to Rumble and other places, bit shoot, and you can find that content. Thank God. We at least have some other places where we can go out and find this information. They're they're listening. They're not listening to Joe Yakaputsky who's ranting. They're listening to people who are working in the field of immunization, all right? Doctors, researchers, the people who know this much better than Fauci, okay? Fauci is just... He's a globalist drum beater, and there's a background history of him with Gates that's pretty sick. And they took, you know, this was an opportunity for them. They're going to go out and do this, and uh, because they're, you know, Gates is a proponent of eugenics. He gets people killed. You know, one of the things that the mainstream media has done an excellent job of suppressing is all of the people in Africa. Who have died or been permanently disabled because of these vaccines that uh, you know Gates was bringing out in Africa? Yeah, with him, man. Melinda. Gates already yeah. killed all kinds of people with these things. So these vaccine murders—they have it down to a science. They know how to do it. So we don't know. You know, people are going to be dying, and they. They're not going to understand they've been set up to fail by the people they trust and believe in because they have just been so completely and frankly, perfectly uh, trained. You know, they've been mentally, they've been programmed.
1: Well, that's why I don't trust anyone in any political realm, left or right. That's right. You can't. That's
0: right. You can't. And, you know, it's for me. Okay. Um I guess I'll never be able to travel across the country on an airplane again or take the train.
1: Yeah, but Marshall, that's one thing. Yeah, let's get into that for one moment here as most people know at one time, you know, you were someone that was doing the whole talk circuit thing for a while and uh, you know that's what you do when you're an author, you would go on any platform you can to sell your book, to talk about right. your work, of course, and all of that now is pretty much gone. And I'm sure it's hurt a lot of people out there. But, Marshall, um, the last couple of years, you weren't really doing too many of the talk circuit sort of platforms, were you? I'm not quite sure.
0: No, because, you know, I don't have time to talk that much. I come on your show because I like hanging out with you and you got a good crowd and I feel welcome here. You know, it's nice. They like you. All right. And. But I've been working on my book, Win-Win Survival Handbook. I've been working on it for seven years. I have crisscrossed the country. I have spotted all kinds of places where survival communities can be established with uh, in areas where there's reasonable prices and flexible permitting and planning and the right kind of terrain and threat risk profiles. Uh, wrote the book. It was a huge effort of seven years, a huge effort. And it resulted with a book that's 436 pages, 123 graphics, you know, and writing it, I felt like the contractions were coming every second. Uh, It just was a tough thing to get it out there. It's out there. And I knew I needed to do it um, and and accelerate it. I didn't even plan to get it out. I was originally planning – to do win-win in like 22 or something like that. Um, but in 18, or in 2019, I saw Planet X with my own eyes. September 9th, you know, it's, it's interesting, you know. this in 2017, September was bad news for me, and in 2019, it was bad news again. Uh, so... Um, I was in Warden, Washington with a good friend and we were coming we had been out studying geological formations during the day and it was real fascinating and uh, we are on the way back and I'm kind of mellowing out it's nice to have someone else drive and all of a sudden she just starts screaming, I see it, I see it I see it, next thing I know she's aiming for a little side road in between these wheat fields, big wheat fields She turns onto this side road so hard, so fast, I thought the car went up on two wheels. I'm serious, just like in the movies, you know? And she whips around, comes to a screeching halt in the dirt, skids to a halt, and I look out the window and I can see it right over the sun. And I've been looking at hundreds, if not thousands, of Planet X pictures over the years. I don't, you know, most people, when they see it for the first time, they naturally, they're trying to understand because they've never seen it. And so they're, they're talking, Hey, anybody, anyone ever seen that? You know, what is that? You know, and they're asking questions. I don't do that. Um, I see something like that. I know immediately what to do. I start scanning it. That's it. I don't think about it. Do not, I'm just simply scanning left to right top to bottom and absorbing the detail and putting it into my head. And then I have a memory, and then I can analyze that memory. And uh, I gave my, you know, it happened so close to sunset, we didn't have a chance to get a picture. I did a uh, with with the gal that I was with. I asked her a, a setup question to see what she saw and where she saw it, and so I gave her the wrong location, very wrong, and she came back and corrected me so that I knew. I had seen what she saw and vice versa, and what I can tell you is it's still that object. It's Nibiru. It's still popping up in the same place. The only difference is the last time I saw it in a picture on the web, it was twice the size that when I saw it, okay? So it's coming in. It's getting closer. And I've always known this. When I saw that, I knew that was it. You know, there was no coasting to 2022 and take some time off. I had just finished writing Radio Free Earth, and I wanted to promote that and do a lot of promotion on that. And instead, I went right back into book development. And it's really hard to, when you're writing a book, to do interviews because you got your feet in two canoes. Uh, doing radio is one thing. Writing a book is another. When you're writing, is a lot of total concentration because, especially in uh, in a book that is as broad and covers as much as this does, you've got you're connecting the dots, but you've got to remember where all the dots are as you're connecting them. So, uh, if you're doing interviews, it draws your focus and draws draws down your energy, and so you wind up. You, you do a, an interview for an hour or two, and then you have to take a day to get your head back into topic and authoring. So that's the reason why I haven't done that many interviews. This summer I plan on doing a lot more now that the book is out. Nice. And, uh, I, you know, and I really look forward to doing that. I'm working on my websites right now, and uh, I want to evangelize the concept. Uh, Win-win survival handbook is, you know, there's there's hundreds of survival handbooks on the Internet, okay? So what's the difference between this and everything else? Here it is, and it's real simple. Ask anybody that's writing these other books or building bunkers or involved in this industry, and you ask them, okay, so you're going to help us survive the disaster. Yeah. That's what we do. What happens after? And, you know, what you hear from everybody is we don't know, and they really don't because the whole mandate of what they're doing is how to get through the crisis, all right? Win-win is completely about what happens afterwards because if you are prepared for what happens afterwards, you're automatically prepared for what's going to happen as you get there. And so the difference is is while everybody else is hitting brick walls, folks that are in a win-win community when all these disasters are happening, it's going to be like going over a speed bump for them because they're going to have all hazards, safety, and survival. They're going to have communities of 100 to 150. You have to have enough numbers to defend. I know people say, well, you know, I just want it to be me and my family. And they don't understand that. They're setting themselves up to fail. I call them bunker bunnies because you have somebody that's fine. We have a two-year supply of food, organic MREs, the best of everything. And it's just the five, six, seven, ten of us down in this thing. And after two years, you come up to the surface and you're a stranger in a strange new land. And it's very hostile and not very pretty. And what these people don't understand is that with the kind of disasters that are coming, I mean, for good golly, I just read your Bible, all right? You're going to have starvation. That means you're going to have violence and cannibalism. And so the I call these people that say, okay, just me and mine, that's it, me and my family and all that, and yeah, you can get away with that, but you're bunker bunnies because you have no earthly idea of what's really been happening on the surface of the people who survived it and who's looking at you and what people have this mistaken idea that if they're in a bunker in the ground, no one's ever going to find them. No, you know, you got to have vent pipes. All right. And you're going to be, you know, biologicals all create like us. We create heat, humidity, humidity, You have to have vent pipes to get that heat and exhaust air out, and it's going to be warm. Now, bunker builders will be real clever, and they'll say, well, we'll put it in a dead tree, and they won't see the pipe. It doesn't matter, because you still have the heat that's going to be in the discharge in in that hot air, if not steam. And what will happen is they are going to be cannibals with night vision glasses and they're just going to be out there looking around areas where they think there's a bunker at night on a nice, you know, black night and voilà, there you are. You stand out like a sore thumb in infrared. Okay? They got you marked. In they other words, you're,
1: you're not you're not for these bunkers at all then. You're not in favor of them in other words.
0: Well, there you're what you're doing is you're just setting yourself up as a food source for cannibals. Because you don't have enough numbers. You're not going to know what the hell you're doing. You're going to be a stranger in a strange land. You're going to come up, and maybe you come across somebody, and, oh, my gosh, they're going to be saying all kinds of the wonderful things that you want to hear, and you're saying, oh, thank you, God, we met the right people, and the next thing you know, you're you're not dying very nicely. You're food for them. Okay. Yeah. You're food, and, uh, you know, and they're going to take you one piece at a time. So they'll take an arm, they'll take a leg, whatever, and uh, put a tourniquet on it. Keep the meat fresh. They don't have refrigerators at work. So you, you're, you know, you are going to die badly, and, and that's the whole reason that if you're in a community of 100 to 150 people, I don't care if you got a whole bunch of Russian bolt-action army rifles from World War II. Okay, you got a hundred of them. People who are predators are going to look at you and go, "Uh, no, that's a hard target. (laughs) We're going to pay way too much in blood and treasure to go after them. We'll go for the bunker bunnies, the ones that were really smart and said, it's just us. And we're not going to – it's just going to be us and the family, and that's it. And they're going to look for the smaller numbers because they know they can take the smaller numbers.
1: Yeah. You know, it's nice to live in a bunker and all that for a, a short time. But for how long, realistically, you know, how long can that last? Eventually, you're going to have to come up.
0: Well, you have to come out. And living in the bunker is a lot of the bunkers. I mean, I've been in bunkers. People have invited me to come take a look at them, but they've done. I'm discreet. I'm not going to tell about who's got what and where. Right. Uh, I've seen some of them that I thought were really impressive and others where, um, I remember one, and then they opened it up, and I could immediately smell the outgassing. Hmm. And I knew what that came from. They yeah. were using construction plywood instead of furniture plywood. And construction plywood is going to outgas for two or three years. That's right. And that outgassing will kill you mm-hmm. in, a contained, in a confined area. So, I mean, I saw that they made mistakes. A lot of them uh, tend to like these uh Corrugated pipes uh, that you use for, like, um, you know, irrigation and ditches uh, where they're eight foot wide or ten foot wide. And literally, when you're inside these things, um, it's like being in a World War II submarine. Now, what's coming is you're, you're, you're not going to be able to just wait for a couple of days and come to the surface. I mean, this is going to take time. When the Planet X flyby is in full swing, you're going to be down underground a lot.
1: Yes, a and lot Marshall.
0: over a span of two years. Now, consider this. It's like to say, well, okay, so it's as comfortable as a World War II submarine, but people managed. Yeah, they managed. They would have a 60-day cruise. And the crews who were trained for the ardor, you know, for the hardness of doing that, um They knew at the end of 60 days or the end of their cruise that they would come back and, uh, you know, they could whoop it up, go have some fun, let their hair out, um, let it down. But if you're living underground to survive, uh, taking women and children, old people, people that are, you know, they're not hardened uh, submariners. And you're going to make them stay down in what is essentially a World War II submarine for many more months than they would have during World War II. I mean, it's unrealistic. And then you have the problem with all the food. And you don't have fresh food. And these people are storing you know, canned and processed food. And if it's organic, canned and processed, that's okay. You can get by on that. Um, You know, people don't realize was that you know during World War II there were sea rations and it was canned food and it was organic. Okay, (laughs) Um, interestingly enough, and so you know the soldiers could eat it and live on it. You know, Um, but and the whole thing of today we have you see folks that stockpile you know spaghetti and. Uh, all kinds of side dishes and cheese and mac and all of that. Well, anything that's processed or GMO, within two weeks, the flora in your lower intestine is gone. I don't know if anyone's ever familiar with the terms probiotics and prebiotics. But what you really need to be doing is if you're eating that kind of garbage is you need to be loading up on probiotics and prebiotics because what you're doing is sticking a lot of carbohydrate and simple sugars down into your low gut and it's going to destroy the positive flora and uh, increase the negative. And next thing you know, you're going to have diarrhea, cramps, fuzziness. You can't, you're going to be physically impaired. You're not going to be able to function. And so it's death food. So, I look at all of the mistakes that I see people making because they don't, they're not critical thinkers. If you're a critical thinker, before you go out and buy all that craft macaroni and cheese, try living on it for two weeks. Just get canned chili, spaghetti, craft macaroni and cheese, beans, whatever, but get all your GMO and processed brands. And live on that for two weeks. Well, Marshall, I think some I think people already
1: people day. already eat that sort of nonsense already.
0: <laughs> well, they eat it, but see what they don't understand is it's mixed with fresh fruits and vegetables and meats. It's part of the diet. It's not all the diet. When all when all you're living on is canned chili and all of this, you know, I mean, you're living on nothing but cornmeal and mac and cheese and spaghetti and all that stuff. All right. You don't have any fresh fruit, you don't have any fresh vegetables, you don't have any fresh eggs, meat, dairy, nothing else. You're just living entirely on that type of food. That's it. Some people do, which is scary. Some people do, and uh, they probably have, uh, you know, they probably complain about a lot of health problems as well. Oh, yeah.
1: Of course, yeah.
0: And uh, they don't understand. so. There's a lot of these things that when I'm writing my book, I am seeing where people are making really serious mistakes. And if you tell them this is going to hurt you, you're making a mistake, they get really upset because most people prepare for a tribulation, a catastrophe, whatever, however they want to frame it. But they prepare like consumers, It's bang for the buck. All right. And the big thing is like when you're buying emergency food, it's how many calories does, you know, if you're having 2,000 calorie a day meals, how much does it cost you for the 2,000 calories? Okay. And that's what people do. They go, oh, it only costs me $3.92 for 2,000 calories that day. What a deal. But they don't look, where do the calories come from? You go get these five gallon buckets to Costco or Sam's Club, most of the calories are coming from sugars and and refined carbohydrates. And when you look at how much actual protein is there, it is absolutely essential bare minimum and not even that. So you don't have enough protein. And you sure as hell don't have enough calories because when you're in survival mode, 2,000 calories is great for going to work and sitting in an office. But if you're out there and you're humping it to survive, you need 3,000 calories. You may need 4,000 calories. You're burning calories like crazy. So 2,000 a day isn't going to be good. And if you're getting mostly sugars, sweets, you know, fructose, uh, all this nonsense, That's again, you're not going to be able to function. The food is going to be hurting you. That's the reason why with a win-win community, it is about the community not only has the ability to feed itself, to grow fresh food, but the whole point of a win-win is that it's a church that farms and teaches farming. And so in I designed the book so that the communities can be self-sustaining and most importantly profitable The people living there. It's a lifestyle change, all right? It's no different than you see folks that are getting into the off-grid movement. Uh, They're into permaculture communities. uh, So it's kind of a back to the land and people doing that kind of stuff. These are the people that are really, uh, in terms of a win-win, They already have one foot in the canoe. For them, it's just swing the other foot in and sit down and start paddling. But for everybody else, it's like, say what? Doesn't make any sense. And so they say, I know Costco. I know they got the five-gallon bucket. So if I get a bunch of five-gallon buckets, I have a cash register receipt. And all I have to do is if I have any doubts or fears, I can sit there and study my Costco cash register receipt and know that God loves me. Good Lord, Marshall. All right. It don't work that (laughs) way. It don't work that
1: way. Well, a lot of people don't even go there. You know, they can't even afford going to Costco or whatever, you know. So, you know, a lot of these people have to eat this this nonsense, you know. And it's funny because the same people that you were talking about are the same ones that complain about wearing a mask, messing up their health when their health is already pretty screwed up as it is, Marshall.
0: Yeah, it's getting compromised. And so that's what they want to do to us they want to compromise our health they want to weaken us they want us to die in big numbers they don't need seven billion of us to serve them would you say this is a part of agenda 21 marshall is about a half a billion of us all they need you know they just need a half a billion humans for slaves and that's it that's all they need and they can and a half a billion humans They can control a half a billion humans very easily. It's when you get up to 7 billion, it's too much. All you got to do is have a stampede, and that's it. The game's over. You know, for them, the globalists, it's like, we are the cattle in the stockyards. All right? And what happens when the cattle in the stockyards all of a sudden go, so that is a slaughterhouse, and that's what happens to us when... We just think they're taking us somewhere to get more food and we die and we're going to talk about it with the other cows. We don't know how to make plans and strategic things and how to fire guns, but we're cows and we stampede and nothing can stop us when we get going. And the cows stampede and that's it. Okay, The feedlot is out of business. That's exactly the reason for COVID. That's what the globalists are afraid of with population being as large as it is, is that if we organize, we're the cattle, and if the cattle stampede, it's the end of their operation. We flatten them, okay? So they're just preventing a stampede, and if they can prevent the stampede, we're just sitting there like idiots eating the hay and drinking the water and going, gee, this is great. They must love us, Okay. Um, they're going to win. We're going to die. It's that simple. So that's the reason, you know, for the COVID, they know Planet X is coming. It is a control mechanism. They're trying to keep us from organizing.
1: Right. And of course, you wrote an article, Planet X Flyby, when we see it, what we see, and why most will die. Uh, Let's talk about that for a moment here before we wrap it up.
0: Yes. And, uh, I would, you know, for for your listeners out there, please read this article. This was substantial. This is my biggest Planet X article in years, really, because this is a culmination of years of research. Uh, for those who've been following my site, I've been doing the science series, and we've been following earthquakes of all magnitude and fireballs. We've done 50 articles, usually about one every month, okay? So with 50 articles, we have a huge database. And when we published our results for February of this year, we saw an anomalous pattern that was scary and first-of-a-kind, and we started digging into it. And then what we found is that we've been tracking on a separate issue with that, that the Nemesis system has rings. It has a cloud, it has a dust cloud, like our orc cloud. And uh, it's divided up into rings or dense areas. And what we've identified is the structure of this cloud and how we are interacting with it and what's going to come in the years ahead. And once we did that, we were able to put together a, um, we started with, uh, you'll see there's illustration of the Nemesis system as it is coming up from the southern skies and going overhead and then going back in the southern skies. And we track it year by the important years. So you're going to see it beginning with, uh, actually, uh, the data study is from 2009 through 2020. And we take you through what was the first major event? What are we going to see when uh, Nemesis is at point of perihelion its closest distance to the sun and when are we going to what are we going to see further on as it progresses and heads back south and when does the pole shift happen and how that is all going to work out that's what's in the article people want to know what are we going to see what are we going to see it, and why most will die they always ask me these questions so i'm answering the question now the question is, is do you want the answer <laughs> um now, uh, please read the article. You may find it sobering. And also, the other thing is my book, Win Win Survival Handbook. If, you know, I, it, the paperback, the Kindle edition is $10. And if somebody says, well, I just don't have money for a book, um, or it's not worth the price or whatever, it's, if, my philosophy is, you know what? If you want to go to McDonald's, you know how to find the money. (laughs) Right. You want a bottle of, you know, you want a bottle of uh, liquor. Yeah, you'll find the money. You know how to find the money. Yeah. Uh, you know, the question is: Is your life worth the price of a book? It's twenty-seven dollars,
1: by the way. It's not that much. Twenty-seven
0: dollars. Yeah, it's not that. It's a big book. Uh, the Amazon edition for forty-nine is beautiful. I did that as a desk reference. That's my favorite because it's got large type and a big gutter and nice big, you know, hardcover. But whatever you do, just, you know, if you're reading the book, the book is divided into four sections and you can read it that way. You could read it at one section at a time. And because it takes you through the process from soup to nuts, it doesn't kind of throw a whole bunch at you. But it's building blocks. Starts off with okay, you want to do it. How do you organize with others? So that's the first point. Then the second point is you got to build your shelters, and these are going to be absolutely beautiful bunkers. They're going the interiors of these bunkers, and what you see there, and with concrete domes it is going to amaze you how beautiful it will be. It's not going to be some cramped little concrete cubby hole that's going to demoralize your spirits. You're going to be living in a place you can make, you want it to look like Pirates of the Caribbean? Knock yourself out. Okay? And uh, and then with the concrete domes, I'm also showing you how to protect yourself. The whole book is written on models. It's, I always look for successful, proven, best business practices, best of class products, uh, you know, whatever the best of the best is, and it's off the shelf. Right. The only thing I actually invented for the book was the applications, the concept, but also was something I call an impact basket that is an affordable way to dramatically increase your defense against impacts from uh, meteorites, large ones of about 150 to 200 pounds. And because, uh, you you know, these are going to be underground and they'll take and survive probably something, you know, could even be larger. It depends on how the impactor is composed and angle and speed and those variables. But it's going to protect people from Most everything they're going to have to deal with, nuclear, biological, chemical. You cover everything. Tsunamis, floods. It covers the whole thing. But you're going to live in a really nice place. Then it's the farming and ranching. And you have to produce 10 times what you need for your own community. That's an important thing because now you're going to be profitable. You can start growing and I talk about how to fund a community actually growing cannabis is a fantastic way to fund. It's one of the Well, people will cash like cash that part, yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't like getting into recreational cannabis. Sure, sure. I don't sure. want to get involved in that. This is pharmaceutical grade because you are growing in a laboratory. I'm growing, medicine. growing so you know, it's for uh, cancer patients that are chemically adverse. That's the standard, and that's the premium. That stuff pays 2000 a pound at wholesale and sometimes more. So you can, if you want to finance one of these things, um, if you're going to do that and you're in a place where you can permit and do it, uh, I can tell you that funding is kind of you know the liquidity on the funding market right now is not terribly good but if you're doing hemp or cannabis money oozes out of the cracks in the walls I mean it just it comes at flying at you so that's where the money is easiest easiest way to, to finance this but so you're learning how to grow and do all that and then the fourth part is how to build alliances and it's so important for people to have folk schools food clubs um, you know, there's this notion that you could go out and buy a, you know, build a bunker in the middle of nowhere. No one's going to know. Nonsense. Every local's going to know where you're at. Okay. People out in the country, you know, it, this is city thinking city thinkers like you're next door for 20 years. I never know you, you know, that's in New York. You live out in the country. Everybody knows what's around them. You have to, it's the country. All right, so they're going to know you're out there. So it's not about being reclusive idiots racing around with assault rifles and pretending to have war games. That's stupid. You don't prepare for confrontation. You prepare for cooperation. You build alliances. You work with others. You become a part of the solution. When you're doing your community, you're you're growing uh, and you're making money off of the, uh, uh, you know, off your growing operations. But once everything goes to hell in a hand basket, what you do is you keep producing, but now you start supplying the local community, the people around you, and you're working with churches and food banks and distributing food and helping people and all of a sudden now you are a sacred gem of the community. You're able to help people stay alive and you're feeding them with fresh food and this is uh, a real important advantage. So it's very much a different way of how you do it. And what pulls everyone through it is it's about all hazard survival and future space colonization. See, that's what makes it work. If you can do what is necessary to survive on Mars, all right, you're going to survive here. And the thing about it and there's a chapter in the book. It says feeding a thousand Martians a day. That's the goal. That's funny. Of the food systems, but it's actually how I designed it because there are only three. There are three things you need, and we have them in ample supply on Mars and on Earth: water, soil, and basalt rock. That was it. Mars has water deposits. They found water. They've got basalt flows. They've got soil. And you have that to start with. A win-win survival community, such as I describe and show how to develop and build in the book, you could literally take that to Mars with only about a 15% difference in the technology mix. That's it. That's it. Just 15% difference between here on Earth and on Mars for doing it. So it's space colonization. And if you're preparing for space colonization, it's a whole nother way of looking at things. It's talking about we're going to go through a terrible time, but afterwards, humanity is going to go to the stars because we know we better get off this rock.
1: Yeah. That's one thing I was talking about recently uh, here on the show, Marshall, and I'm glad you mentioned Uh, These things you are talking about, because, you know, I'm looking at the cover of your book, Win Win Survival Handbook, and on the cover on the bottom, it says all hazards, safety and the future space colonization. And you mentioned Mars. And of course, that brings another name to the picture here. Elon Musk, Mm -hmm. who, of course, wants to do just that well before 2030. That's what a lot of people are speculating right now. And, uh, you know, I'm curious what you think of all that right now going on. And, uh, you know, eventually, like you said, we will have to leave this island Earth.
0: Well, you know, right now, when I was growing up, there was only you could count on one hand the number of agencies that were doing space. You had the Russians, you had the Americans, you had the uh, ESA, you had the Europeans. And then, you know, there were the Chinese and the Indians kind of. But, you know, that was it. You could count it on. Oh, my God, now look at all the companies that are coming in. They're building rockets. You got Am... Bezos wants to get into the space race. Everybody is wanting to get out there. They want to... St- and the big thing that they want to do is they want to start mining the asteroid belt. Mm. And mm. imagine if they you find an asteroid up there that's 20% gold and silver. <laughs> Whoa, well, that's what they're what hoping for. hey Right. You know? And so this is, uh, you know... This is the big thing. This is where we're going. You know, we, We're going to have a flyby. It's going to be hard. We're going to get through it, but we're going to get through it with a lot of our technology intact, or at least the people who can recreate it and do other technologies. But we are going to go, if we survive this and we evolve, that's the important thing. If we don't evolve, we're not going anywhere. If we're evolving and we're going somewhere, we're going out and colonizing space, the whole point of having a win-win is, you know, Elon Musk and Bezos and all these guys, they need people who are going to pay, you know, to to get on their spaceships, because they're all going to want to be the first one to build the first kilometer-long intergalactic spaceship, colony ship, to take people there. My feeling is, you know, for win-win communities, at the very least, their their progeny are not going third-class steerage and eating Cheerios for ten years. They're first class, and in in the cargo hold, they got the best kit money can buy. And when they land, they know there's three more cargo shipments following right behind them, they're, so they can build out their communities. They're eating all organic. Going out there and getting. <sighs> making good life, it's this whole thing of going in the ground, you stop making money, you live in misery, you live in fear. What bullshit? You know, you go out there and you're with family and people are pulling together, you're making money together, you're all getting rich together, you're going to go to space together, you're doing things together. That is what you do to get through it. And what makes it work is veterans. In my book, I say what you need is you need to have one-third veterans in your community, period. And the reason why is, the main reason why is camaraderie. This is the one thing people who've never been in the military do not understand is how precious camaraderie is that you're, you know, you're you're in some strange land where you're surrounded with people who want to kill you, and you completely depend on everyone that you're with at that base. And the guy sleeping next to you can snore like a pig and tell the dumbest jokes in the world. But if you hear him on the radio saying, hey, man, I need help, that's it. Everybody come and running. Everybody's, you know, it's one for all and all for one. And so that's the reason why you need to start your community with veterans, because for them to take city slickers and turn them into space pioneers. And the key to that is camaraderie. And you have to learn, like the Marines say, improvise, adapt, and overcome, all right? And this is what needs to be taught to people so they can survive. And all of this is in the book. It's a whole different way of thinking about it, a whole different way of looking at it. What I would say to those of you who've been intrigued about off-grid communities or permaculture communities this is just a logical extension of what they're doing. And uh, it's a way for people to come together and to celebrate their love for Creator and to be in service to Creator and to do good for the species. So, yes, it's there to make money, but also they're there to be in it for the species because you, you, you organize as a church. And you could see where with win-win, if you already have a church and you want to stay within that, you could adapt the win-win model. Uh, otherwise, you could do a constitutional church is what I talk about in the book. And a constitutional church is not a new idea. For anyone out there who's served in uniform, you know what a chaplain is, all right? You understand whatever branch of the service you were in it had a chaplain core. And none of the branches of the service have an official religion. A religion is an explanation. A church is just simply, under the Constitution, a gathering of people to celebrate God. That's it. That's all you need to be a church in the Constitution. So I take the very basic definition, and I use a very successful, time-proven model of chaplain corps in the military to organize it and so it'll be very very easy for veterans to understand it and for those of you who are not veterans go ask a veteran they can explain it to you just say it's it, it's a church that follows a chaplain core model and they'll be able to explain the virtues of it to you so it's not about being afraid it's not about doggy dog it's about who can kill who or any of that stuff it is win win is win-win. Everybody wins. And your community is going to survive and you're going to survive within a greater rural community. And those people are going to appreciate you because you're going to be in service to them. And it's about being in service to others, not being afraid of your shadow. And so do please, you know, read this article. YOWUSA.com, Planet X Flyby, When We See It, What We See, and Why Most Will Die. When you do, you'll see a link to the book. You'll see a cover for Win-Win, and please check that out.
1: Very nice. I want to thank you for being a part of the program yet again, Marshall. Always a honor and pleasure. Thanks for stopping in, and we will do this again in the near future, my friend.
0: Absolutely. Always wanting to come back
1: to you. You got it, brother. Thank you so much
0: okay
1: take care Good night. Good night. and there he goes boys and girls the one and only Mr. Marshall Masters give him a round of applause for being on the program as well and my god looking at the time here it is almost that time to wrap it up before I drift off tonight boys and girls I do want to thank all of you out there for hanging out with me tonight I know it was a short show and I do want to thank Mr. Marshall Masters for hanging out as well Keep in mind, if you want additional content, bonus material, please check out the Patreon series at patreon.com forward slash Michael Deacon. And yes, that is where you'll find more gold. Much respect to all of you listening, those who tune into the podcast version. Much respect to you. Of course, you can take us on the road by searching Michael Deacon or the Michael Deacon program on all popular podcast platforms. Thanks for pressing play. The world is a mysterious place, and life itself is a mystery. Until next time, good night, everybody.